In today's episode of the My Second Act podcast, we revisit 2021 and the most downloaded episodes of the entire year. My name is Cadillac Jack. I joined Atlanta Radio when I was 19 years old, put in a loyal 26 years. Welcome to My Second Act. My name is Donna. I'm Caddy's wife. Those dogs won. They took it home. They won it. I think it was my speech. Got them all riled you know, up. They, they've asked. They being the bulldogs have asked that you come back to the locker room. I'm before ready. The is that the first I'm time ready. you've been you've been asked to return to a locker room? Oh no. Football team locker room. Oh I no. I bet not. When I was in high school and I was a cheerleader, we used to. I wonder if like the cheerleaders still do that. Like we used to decorate the um, football players' lockers and everything. You know, and like if you were mad at somebody in high school, you like half ass decorate it, like maybe put one streamer. But if it was somebody like you were chasing after and you're mm-hmm. really interested in, you'd be like balloons and all Leave kinds your of stuff. in the locker. Never said that. Yeah. Never said that. But I'm so proud of them. I mean, honestly, I will tell you, I did not expect it to be such a beating. I thought it was going to be like a really good game. Um, but I mean, maybe I didn't have enough faith, but I was a little worried, a little worried. And we were at dinner. Uh, we had a very like calm New Year's Eve. I think Rosalind and Jimmy Carter went harder on New Year's Eve in, in Plains, Georgia than we did in, in Alpharetta. Seriously. Like we went to dinner at kind of this older place that like old people go to. And it was myself, you, and our 15-year-old daughter, Charlotte, because our 18-year-old was with her boyfriend, probably having like a wild New Year's. Um, and, and I like I had to kind of peer through the bar well, to see the TV. What you did is you would, you would because I, I said, Donna, are you? Doing a, a taking a picture and then then pinching and grabbing to get the score and that's yes. what you were doing. You would snap a picture of the TV in the bar yes. and then pull it up your camera roll and then pinch and grab so you could see the. Which can I just up. say in this particular restaurant that we ate in in the bar there were two older men smoking cigars in the bar. Like what? I think that legally though they have to. It's Cabernet if you're from this area, Wynwood Parkway. I think that you have to have a proper ventilation system. You have to be able to show that you have spent. Is that right? PT's the producer of the My Second Act podcast. Like you remember Wild Bills did the same thing. The dance club, the country night club yeah. in Duluth, Georgia. I know they recirculated the air, but did people, people weren't allowed to no, smoke no, in there. No, they were originally because remember they invested a million dollars in a, an air system that would, would, would take all the smoke out. So they oh, said. Oh, Lord. Okay. What you got, PT? Yeah, you can basically be designated as a cigar club Bar. or like okay. a smoking club. But yeah, it requires like permits and ventilation. Mm. And all that I was just shocked. But they came through. Now I'll tell you, old Kirby got hot. I mean, he came after Stetson Bennett. Leading the field Bennett. at halftime. Yes, he came after our quarterback, Stetson Bennett, who I've been a little hard on. I'm going to be honest with you. In private, I've been like, are we sure we want to go with him? Are we sure we want to go with him? But he did fabulous. But I think Kirby's hard on him. I almost think it's like a father-son relationship with Stetson because after the game, too, one of the um, reporters was asking him like, oh, you know, uh, Stetson Bennett did a great job for the Bulldogs. And Kirby was like, well, uh, JT's good, too. There's, we have we have really good quarterbacks. We have two good quarterbacks. It's not just, you know, it's not one quarterback that makes it. It's like, for heaven's sakes, the guy just had an amazing game. Can you give him something? It's like you, you know, like when you're like, if you have one of those dads or or even a mom, I guess, where you're constantly like, come on, give me something. I guess you played okay today. Like, are you kidding me? Love on me. Give me something. Show me support. Hug me. Tell yes. me you love me. Yes. Uh, Georgia is one passing touchdown away from breaking the school record for the most passing TDs in a season at 37th number right now. So uh, the Natty, they could uh, that could happen. They could do that. Break that record. I think it's very interesting. I want to see what PT says about this. I've had a lot of Alabama fans tell me like they're kind of walking it back. They're like, I don't know if we can beat Georgia two times in a row. I feel like this is going to be the the time when we get like 
get in trouble. I'm like, mm-hmm. PT's an Alabama graduate. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, if you guys don't beat us this time, there's a problem. We got a problem. There, there's some sort of complex or yeah. something going on. We need like Dr. Phil to come in at that point. Yeah, you yeah. need some psychology. Some psychology, yeah, sports I, psychology. I mean, we never know which version of Bryce Young is going to show up. He did not look good against Cincinnati, and you guys are obviously significantly better than Cincinnati. And meanwhile, your quarterback played a lot better in, uh, against he, he Michigan than he did against us. So he did. It's like it's, it's uh, Jekyll and Hyde with him. We have no idea who's going to show up. What do you think about opening up Sanford Stadium? Monday night, January 10th, and selling tickets, probably probably too late to pull off now. But do you think that's maybe a plan? Yes, I think they should. To have everybody be on campus and inside Sanford Stadium oh to gosh. watch it on the Jumbotron or whatever that is? It could be is. huge. I'd go. Can you imagine the party on the field in between the hedges? Oh, my God. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. So excited. Should we go? Where? To the game. Uh, no. Mm. We can't. No. For a lot of reasons. Like give tickets, me. for instance. Okay, give me one. Yeah, well, tickets. We'll, well you can there. just be in the city. Airfare, hotel. I bet hotels in Indy. I, I follow a lot of, of of journalists and people and TV and radio on my Twitter account, and everybody's raising hell about the nightly rate at the JW Marriott in Indy, which is the official host hotel. And I guess you guys, if you if you have a good employer, or you work for a big station, they're they're picking up the bill. But I guess for independent people like DogWire.com, covering the Bulldogs, you you got to cover your own nut, so to speak. Ew. Okay, well, he, they have to just bring like a, a, a sleeping bag or something. Oh, PT. Um, well, you can stay, but here's the thing. There are options in Indy because you could stay in like Cincinnati, right? And drive in. I mean, there's more options than what there was for the past game. So I think that because everybody's talking about how expensive the tickets are, but you can also fly into other airports and drive if there are cars. I don't know. Yeah. I think we just stay here and watch Let's just it. stay home. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Maybe go to Massey's or something. Oh, yeah, Massey's. Know? I mean, we get crazy, we can go to Massey's. Yes. Yeah, when you guys are down by three scores, you're going to be a lot happier that you're home. And you that's true. Oh, oh, nah, that. that's look true. Mm-hmm. PT, the Alabama graduate. Yes. Uh, Jane Brown, a pod peep for this episode of the My Second Act Podcast. Happy New Year to you and Donna. Uh, took a left on red at about 5 a.m. one morning. It was liberating. See? And thought about Donna. I appreciate the emoji education. They should really have the meaning listed below the picture. Take care, Jane. If you'll scroll to, no, not yet, but I want you to scroll to the bottom of your run of show in just a second. I want to ask you a question about one particular emoji that I've been using for my entire life. And I thought it meant prayer hands. Don't oh, look yet. No, Don't look yet. I know Don't which one yet. that is. Yeah. Um, it's a high five emoji. Yes. Scroll to the very bottom of your run of show because I, I, I hit it there. I didn't want you to see it. Folks have, have been dying, and I've been high-fiving them for years. Oh, actually, I kind of thought this was the same thing. I thought it was the one where the people put their hands up. You know, like the two hands like are praise. up. Like, yeah, praise. Like, holla. I thought that was holla. Like, holla, you're doing good. But I think it means something else, and I can't remember But is, is that a high-five emoji that I'm talking about? I thought that was prayer. Is it? Well, I feel better if, if that's the case. I think that's prayer. All right. It can be like prayer and high-five to Jesus. To do what I need him to do. Or her. Fulton County schools are going virtual. Oh, we um, called it. You called it. I think there are seven school systems in the state that that are returning after winter break that have said we're going to go back at least a couple of days or a week. Uh, in, I guess, the last episode of the podcast, we, we read the tweet from Fulton County Schools saying, we'll be in touch Friday. Mm-hmm. You know, don't mind us. We'll be back Friday. Let you know if there's any updates. And we both said there's going to be some sort of update or they wouldn't have planted that in the tweet. The update came Friday when they checked in. And it said we're going virtual. For one week. But that's going to turn into two. If you remember March of 2020, 
when the school systems first started canceling, they didn't go virtual at that point. We had no idea how crazy and large this thing was going to be. Right. But remember that email from Fulton County Schools that said, uh, out of an abundance of caution, we're going to cancel school for two weeks, I think it was. And then two weeks became eight, nine months, <laughs> yeah. if not longer. I'm yeah, they don't want to hit you with the bad news all at one time. They can't. Yeah. They can't. So uh, that's going on in the world. Morgan Wallen spent New Year's Eve at the most unlikely place. I I would have I would have lost our house, Donna. We would be homeless right now if 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 someone said to me, "This is where Morgan Wallen is spending New Year's Eve," and I'd have said, "You're you're crazy," and I bet my house that you're wrong. We would have lost our house because it, he was at the most unlikely place in the world on New Year's Eve. Okay, I don't even know where this is. Where? Conversation is coming up as we revisit the most downloaded episodes of the Cadillac Jack My Second Act podcast. And Morgan Wallen was at number one from uh, February. The number three most downloaded episode was July 22nd. We're evicting Jeff Bezos from Earth. Now, I have wondered why, and I still don't know, why this was the third most downloaded episode of 106 in 2021. This is where we had the conversation about uh, Jeff Bezos, people signing the petition for him to stay in space. Yes. We also talked about uh, what well, I know what it is. Preston made his debut, PT debut. Oh my gosh. That's it. You shared it with all of your friends and family. I'm just thinking of this for the first time. I didn't know yes. that you debuted in the episode July 22nd, 2021. Well, there you go. He became a super spreader for himself. I love that. We talked about Space Jam movies. I remember this. Yes. All right. Well, thank you, PT. Yes. Please keep thank that you up. Thank you very much. The number two most downloaded episode for 2021, March 4th, Building Hills with John Rich. John Rich is half of Big and Rich, but he's also, he's a businessman, he's an entrepreneur, he's a lot of different things. He's also very outspoken. Opinionated. About everything in his life. Apolo unapologetic about his opinions. Including politics. And I had seen John on Fox News, I think, a couple of days prior, and he was just being brutally honest about politics in Nashville and about how there are so many closeted Republicans that just refuse to be honest about their political beliefs and uh, for fear of retribution. Here's John Rich from that episode, Cadillac Jack, my second act. There's a lot of artists out there that are many multiple times more successful than I am that I know for a fact are conservatives. I know for a fact they voted for Donald Trump. You know how I know that? Because they call me on the phone and talk to me in basic, uh, I would call them quasi-counseling sessions because they, they are not saying what they want to say because they know if they do, the liberal-run record label that they're on or the liberal-run media outlets, including a lot of country radio, won't play their songs anymore. And that's just a fact. You know, not all of them. But, uh, but enough of them that it would it would definitely hurt their career if they came out like I come out. Why, why am I doing it and they're not? You know, I thought about that for several years. I was in that position of going, I really want to say this and that. But if I do that, I know what's going to happen. You know, I'm not going to be able to chart a single. I'm not going to get invited to the CMA Awards. You know, several things are going to happen. It's just a given. And so I held back for a while, a couple of years, bit my tongue, didn't raise my voice up about things that I felt strongly about. And one day I just felt, I just felt bad about myself. You know, I, I felt like I am 
that is not integrity to feel strongly about a subject and not exercise your freedom of speech for fear of retaliation by the other side. You know, is your freedom of speech for sale or not? That's kind of the question I asked myself. And I said, no, hell no, it's not for sale. And, and no, you can't uh, scare me into silence. You know, what's really interesting is I think more artists now are starting to kind of come out. I saw where, you know, who's really, really coming out, don't you? Um, into the Republican forefront is Jason Aldean. He was with Trump. He was I mean, playing golf with them. He was at Mar-a-Lago um, and is not being cagey about it. And his wife, Brittany, and his sister, Casey Rosa, who's also married to country artist Chuck Wicks, have started this Republican line of clothing um, for women. And so it's interesting. They were hanging out with Jay Cutler, who is used to be the... Um, the quarterback for the Chicago bears and was married to Kristen Cavalier. We've talked about them before on the podcast and Candace Owens. And I was reading just through his comments where he had had him playing golf with Trump and Trump's giving him like golf lessons. Strange, Like, yeah. Um, And I was reading through the comments and, you know, a good, a decent amount of people saying bye bye. See you later. And he's like, see ya. I mean, just, you know, so Hey, listen, I've always said, whether you agree with someone or not, I do think there's something to be said for standing up for how you feel. Whether I agree with you or the person listening agrees with you or not, it's better to stand up for exactly and and be who you are than to ride the fence. Um, Because I think there's also people like we've talked about on the podcast before that there are people that you assume from their demeanor or maybe some of the records that they record that they're very right wing Republican. Or their social media. Or their social media, but they're not. So, um, I don't know. It's very interesting. One thing I flagged, PT, I want to pull you in here. PT's a producer of the My Second Night podcast. Uh, in a photograph on the golf course with President Trump, Jason Aldean is wearing shorts. Is that not, um, shouldn't you wear long pants to play golf anywhere yes. you go? Especially but especially with, with the, president the President of the United, of the United States. States. Okay. Yeah. I, I thought that so was... too. And also, there's a really fantastic article that came out about Trump and his style of playing golf and apparently he's just like a serial cheater which doesn't surprise anybody i've, I've heard that before golf. i've read that so before. i think the pointers for jason aldean would be like you know if the ball's in the rough just give a little yeah, kick. just give it a little <laughs> kick <laughs> a little kick back on yeah. the fairway no that's what problem. i do okay but, now, have you ever done that like moved your ball i don't think i've played golf enough times and usually i can't find my ball to yeah. move it back onto the fairway but this is this is strange to me because i grew up uh when i was younger the dixie chicks got kicked off the radio for being liberal and now like this seems to have it's At least in, in uh, Mr. Rich's words, like reser- reversed course a little bit. Yeah. It's wild. No, it, it, it's very interesting. And that's a great point. I've never thought about that, but it's so true how like the world just flipped on its on its um, on its side. I think like if you think about it, like it's very interesting that it's voting and how you feel is such a private matter in a way. I mean, it should be, I guess. Kind of like we've talked about before, like your salary or that type of thing. But I mean, if genuinely this is how you feel about the world and social causes and, and certain certain things, that's how you feel. But like as a country or as people, sometimes I think that that's become something, especially in the heated environment that we've been in the last couple of years, where people very much hold that, you know, close to their vest in a way. Well, the parties are now defined by the people which they didn't used to be before 
I would think, 24-hour cable news. So if you are not a Republican, you are a Trumper. And those are two very different things. Absolutely. And you can't say, yeah. I, di- you can't say I voted for this person because they were the best option available to me. That is no longer right. enough when we're having those conversations with people. Like, I didn't like either right. of the people, but I voted for the person who I thought was the best option available for Correct. what I wanted to do. And he do. lost. Well... <laughs> <laughs> But listen, I mean, it's it is very uh, that makes it super challenging to have those conversations with people. What's weird to me about this particular instance is I would think the labels before they care about, you know, their liberalism or whatever it is, they care about making money. And most of the country audience, I would imagine, is conservative leaning. Is this just about not alienating anybody? I think like so. they're just like, well, don't don't do either way yeah. because either way you're going to lose. I think 100 percent. I think what came out of it is, um, you know, that everybody ha- you you can't have an opinion because you don't want to piss anybody off. Well, right. It's- so it's not so much about don't bring your Republicanism into your music. It's don't bring either side. Don't right. bring any politics in it because it's only a losing game. You're not really going to bring anybody in. Well, you didn't have before. And, and the fact that now probably, and you can say this kind of like 15, 20 years ago, you know, everyone pretty much knew where every um, program director stood kind of politically or whatever. I think it's so nebulous now that like the labels are so afraid of, oh my gosh, what if this person that we didn't know who's in charge of, say, adding records for 200 stations really feels this way, you know, politically and that. But this is what's confusing to me. Don't the program directors just stand for making the most amount of money? No. The most amount of money from from the record labels for ads? Yes, that still happens. It's called pay and play. Yeah, no silly. No, it's it's very much, (laughs) I think, it has very much become a personal and political thing with a lot of these key gatekeepers, these key decision makers, not your local PD that's running the local fm country station on main street i'm talking people but they're that, afraid too they're afraid for jocks to say anything that, that you know it's, oh, you, it's this you, well, climate of oh my god anything. oh my god don't make anyone mad no, no, you, you know you can't you, you can't i'm sure that that's coming several emails to, to personalities all around america especially and you for can't the big win that no. that's not a game you can win because again we're not target as a society you can't please everyone right mm. it's interesting because i bet the circles you run in it's it has to be different doing your professional job because it's very apparent where everyone stands. Well, yeah, you literally walk into a different right. office depending on which team you're on. <laughs> but then, of the building. But yeah. then when your personal life, it's like people don't probably, I mean, some of your friends oh, probably I, do. I lie about my job almost every day. Really? Oh well, yeah, if, I, if I'm doing something casually with people, like I play a lot of disc golf, which is a community mm-hmm. that leans heavily Republicans. When they ask what I do, I say I work down at the Capitol. And they say, what do you do? I say I work for the Department of Education. I don't. Really? I just lie. Hold yeah, on. I, I just don't oh. want to confront that at the moment. I would kind of do the same thing. Right. If I was meeting somebody for the first time and they had no idea who I was and you just didn't want to get into it. No. For whatever reason. It's not It's not why I'm here. Yeah, I would say I'm an accountant. Oh, yeah. Instead you know? of, yeah. yeah. What do you, what do, you do for I, a living? I'm an accountant. Because what happens is if you say, what do you do for a living? I'm in broadcasting. That, that almost, like if you were to say PT politics... That's just a well, job yeah. where people are like, well, wait a minute. What do you Interesting. do? Yeah. Well, so a lo- the- yeah. A lot of people in my work have this feeling that I'm supposed to go out and spread the spread the good word, too. And I'm like, yeah. well, listen, when I leave work, yeah. I've got to like- find a way to leave it behind a little yeah. bit. So I'm just not having that moment. Right Hold there. on. Can we just revisit one thing he said? Yeah. Most disc golf players are Republican. Oh, vastly, yeah. hugely so. Yeah, I'd say. I would it's think like, it's a bunch of hippie trippy. No, it's like eighty-five percent young white male, and I would venture to guess like sixty-five percent conservative. I had no Strongly idea. Conservative. It's a rural-based sport. 
I thought only, it was like hacky sack. There's like, only one course inside the perimeter of Atlanta. Wills Park. Uh, right. No, that's oh, outside. inside. You're talking inside, inside the perimeter would be Perkerson Park downtown. The other like 17 you can play in Atlanta are all OTP. Unbelievable. So it's a based sport. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. As we start our third year together, we, mm-hmm. we, we want to thank you for um, continuing to support the podcast. In 2022, we'll continue with two episodes a week, every Tuesday and Thursday. And um, we see the numbers, you see the numbers every week, and, and, and thank you for, uh, we, we're, we're popping still in the top 50 in the news and entertainment categories most weeks. And that's, uh, that's considering there are half a million podcasts on Apple Podcasts alone, that's, uh, that's, that's impressive. And, and thank you for that. We, we truly, truly appreciate your support. The most downloaded episode of the year for 2021 was an episode from February 6th. Come to Jesus with Morgan Wallen. Morgan Wallen is a country artist. Here is how the, um, who just stepped in a pile of shit earlier in the year. Here is how the episode title came to be. And it was uh, Donna during the podcast on that day. Not to get too uh, spiritual and faithful here, but I mean, Jesus didn't just hang out with the best of the best. He just didn't. And so if you only want to walk on water all the time, and you only want to hang around people that are just like you, look like you, think like you, same skin color, listen to what you listen to, prop you up, believe you, shoot rainbows out your rear end, your life's going to be pretty dull and you're not living in reality. People are flawed. Celebrities are flawed. Artists are flawed. Athletes are flawed. You and I are flawed. You know, I think if you, if you're, if you sat in a boardroom today or on a Zoom meeting and something popped up above every single person's head and it had all the mm. list of things, things they're struggling with. You would either be shocked, you'd take two roads. You'd either be shocked and never hang out with that person again, or you'd have empathy. Empathy, grace, there are those words. And you would say, hey, I've been there. Can I help you? I want to use the sit-down interview that Morgan did with Michael Strahan on Good Morning America as a way to just kind of recap what happened. Are you okay with that? Mm -hmm. Um, Inside this 90-second clip, we're going to hit pause, and we're going to have a conversation about one particular thing that Morgan Wallen says during this interview. Uh, Since this GMA interview, Morgan Wallen has only done one other interview, and it happened just less than 10 days ago. We have the audio from that interview. It's very... uh, I never heard of this guy. So it's interesting. Very, very interesting. Here is Morgan Wallen with Michael Strahan on GMA. There are going to be a lot of people who are going to watch this interview and say he's only sitting down because he wants to clean up his image. It's all a performance. So what do you say to that? I understand that, you know. I understand that, that I'm not ever going to make, you know, everyone happy. I can only come tell my truth, and, and that's all I know to do. In many ways, Morgan Wallen embodies country music. I'm a niece of whiskey the Tennessee native rose to the top of the charts in 2018 with hits like Whiskey Glasses and songs like Seven Summers, a celebration of small town living, good friends, and good times. At 28 years old, Wallen is one of the biggest stars in the industry. But earlier this year, all that was called into question when this video obtained by TMZ became public. It showed Wallen and a group of his friends coming home after a night out on the town in Nashville. Hey, take care of this. 
A neighbor was recording when Wallen said a racial slur. When did you realize that what you had done was a big deal? My manager called me probably two hours before before the video came out. You know, he's like, are you sitting down? And, and no one's ever called me and said that before. I think I realized quickly how much my, my words matter. And Did you think your career was over? I, I thought that there was a possibility that it was over. Take me back to that night. I had some, some of my, you know, longtime friends in town. You know, we'd kind of just been partying all weekend. And we figured we'd just go hard for the two or three days that they were there. How did this happen? Out of nowhere, you just... Refer to someone with a racial slur? No, I, I, I don't think it was just, it just happened. You know, I was around some of my friends and, and you know, we just, we stay, we stay dumb stuff together. It was, in our minds, it's playful. You know, I don't, I don't know if that's, that sounds ignorant, but it, that's really where it came from. All right. Let's hit pause right there. Your reaction when you saw, we watched this together the morning that it aired. When you heard him say that, that we were just, we were playing and he admitted in the sit-down interview that, that this is certainly not the first time that he had said it. What was your reaction to that? Well, two things. Obviously, it's not playful. But I will say this. I think that interview was um, is Morgan Wallen. I mean, he, he's kind of redneck. I mean, the way he speaks. And I mean, everybody was kind of laughing about like, dude, this guy is like, you know, is that what he really sounds like? Yes, he does. The one thing that I did appreciate is that they didn't prop him up for a press tour to just say, the right things just to say it and not feel it to say you know it was a horrible mistake and I you know I mean it was a horrible mistake but I do think that he was being honest in that while I do not agree with that at all not in any part that it's playful or whatever I think he was being honest in that until as as naive as it sounds until someone pointed out to me not playful we had he, he admitted we'd done it before you know, so it wasn't like he was saying it was completely out of character. It was because I drank too much. I, I mean, he honestly was saying, yeah, this is what I did. You posted a letter and in the letter you say you were going to take, you had taken a couple of months away and you were proud of the work that, that you put in. And so can you describe or tell us some of the work that you put in? I went and checked myself into rehab. And for, for 30 days, I spent some time out in San Diego, California, you know, just trying to figure it out. What, why am I acting this way? Do I have an alcohol problem? Do I have a, a deeper issue? What made you want to sit down, Ed, and talk about this? Um, I've told a lot of people sorry to their face, um, but I kind of just wanted to come tell my story and, and let people know, you know, kind of who I am and, and, and how much I regret the mistake I made. So where are we now? That episode recorded... February 6th, about uh, two, three weeks after. Well, not even that long. Probably a week after the incident happened in Nashville. Where are we now? What has happened to Morgan Wallen in the last year? He was, uh, there was an attempt to cancel Morgan Wallen Mm -hmm. by radio chains, by the ACMs, by the CMAs, by his record label, by... I think so. I think it's interesting, the record label part, because I do think that they, and they had to come out very strongly in the beginning and sort of whatever we talked about it. What does that mean to put him on ice? A suspension. A suspension. Definite suspension was the, the language that they used. But now they're He's back. He's a cash cow, though. But He's now they're back, cow. you know, and, it, and it's almost like it never happened in a way with the record label. Certainly, with we've talked about it with certain country radio personalities. They were very swift to come out against him, very hard. I think there's a difference in, because we came out against him, there's a difference in coming out against the behavior, which we came out against. We, we also said we believe that... Um, 
he shouldn't be canceled and that he deserved redemption and grace and all of that good stuff. I think it's different to not agree with the behavior, but I, I do think that there were a lot of personalities, national personalities and local radio personalities in every single market who just beat the drum too hard. And then as we knew, radio welcome we're back. gonna have to make an about face. So I think you cannot agree there are friends in your lives who 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 do things that you're just shocked that they do. And you have a decision to make. Am I going to continue to have this person in my life? Am I going to support them? Am I going to watch their evolution or am I not? And I just think, you know, that's the thing maybe regular people don't look at is like, did that person come out? Now they're like, you know, back welcoming them with open arms. I just think it's a very mixed signal. And I think when I think back on it, I think it was such the time that we were in with everything that was going on with the BLM movement and, and and all of the things that were happening in every city, I do wonder, while it's not appropriate, it's never proper again, but if that happened a year from now or, or in a different climate, would it have been the same? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Before this happened, Morgan Wallen had dropped about two months prior. Dangerous. It's a double album. Uh, one of the best albums I've ever heard. While there were people, many people, that thought that that album would just tank after this happened, the exact opposite happened. While there were many trying to cancel Morgan Wallen, there were many more that were doing everything that they could to prevent that from happening. Dangerous wound up becoming, in 2021, the most downloaded album for the year in music overall. Not just country. It was country's album of the year, of course. But it beat Drake. It beat Dre. It beat every album that dropped in the year by a landslide. What does that say, Donna, about the uh, people that just chose to revolt against cancel culture? And I, I was listening back to the episode uh, "Come to Jesus" Morgan Wallen, and I, you know, I said in the episode, um, "I'm a 48 year old man. I'm going to choose what's canceled in my life. No one's going to tell me what I need to cancel." I mean, I think there are those people, and then I think there are other people who just thought it was a great album and weren't going to stop listening to it, you know, that um, that they enjoyed the music so much that they, they, and it had just come out, you know, that people were really listening to it. So I think there were two groups of, you know, two camps of people. There were those people like you who were like, I'm going to decide what's canceled for myself and almost revolt in a way. And then there were other people who were like, it's just a dang good album double album and I'm going to listen to it and don't worry about it. There were several artists that came out to support Morgan Wallen. Eric Church was one of those. We had many conversations in the past year when, when talking about Morgan Wallen, about the fact that their artists, while maybe they call them and send them a text privately to show their support, they support meaning they don't endorse what he did, but just saying, listen, man, we'll get over. You're going to get over this. This will pass. Um, there were so many artists that could not publicly come out because they simply weren't at the level in their career that their record label or their fans would, would support that. Eric Church, though, who has never, you know, Eric's just never done things by the book. He was one of the first and one of the most uh, visible to put his arm around Morgan Wallen. I think they, they went fishing. They went, um, I think that Morgan leaned on Eric Church in the past year kind of as a uh, pastor almost. Like a big brother. Well, he's always, the, he's always had that relationship um, with Eric, I will say, though, Eric did come out in the beginning and said that, you know, listen, Morgan's use of the racial slur was indefensible. 
and he was heartbroken over it and that he said, you know, in the beginning, he did distance himself a little bit from it. And he said, you know, I think Morgan's trying to work on that on himself. I hope he does. He sent him a note to said, you know, hang in there. And he sort of did kind of say, listen, you got some work to do. Um, what I don't think Eric was afraid of is how his response would affect his career, which a lot of artists were. You know, he was having a conversation with someone. Again, you can have disagreements with people. And just because your friend cheats on their wife or cheats on their husband and they're still your friend doesn't mean you're going to do the same, you know? So it, it didn't mean, I don't think by Eric saying that to him, that he agreed or endorsed it or endorsed not. it at all. And then he invited him to go fishing and um, Morgan kind of laid low. I mean, there would be a couple of social media posts. Um, and then he invited him to, um, you know, he invited him on stage in uh, with Cam, and that was at a concert um, at the Wells Fargo Center in uh, Pennsylvania. When he had just started the Gather Again tour. Yeah, and he said to the audience, "You know, we're going to have some, uh, we're going to have a couple of special guests." And he had Cam, and he had Morgan, and Morgan came out and sang a couple of songs. So, um, and I also don't think because Morgan's out touring now and people are coming back to the concerts again, it this is up to him. It doesn't mean that it's all forgiven and in washed water under the bridge. It's kind of like when your kids do something and you have that initial discussion and, you know, you hope for change or, or anyone really in your life, the action of what they do next, those steps is what tells you, did it really sink in or did it not? Um, so I think, you know, it's, it's up to Morgan. Will he have another misstep or will he learn from it? You know, Morgan woke up or spent New Year's Eve at number one on the R and B chart. R&B urban chart, I think is what it's officially called. I wasn't familiar with this artist. Lil Dirk is his name. He's a Chicago rapper. Yeah, right? Lil Dirk. You don't know Lil Dirk? I, I'm not familiar with Twerk Lil Dirk. The Dirk. No, Twerk with no. the Dirk. They're at number one this week with a song called Broadway Girls. Got a, a piece of it for you right now. And then you're going to hear Morgan Wallen on a clubhouse hangout. And it's just, uh, it's, it's a really, really interesting listen. Only the second time he has done an interview since this all happened earlier this year. Here is Broadway Girls, little Dunk, little Dirk. Who? Dirk. And Morgan Wallen. There you go. So now Broadway referring to Tennessee, the, the, Nashville, well, the street in downtown Nashville, Nashville. Yeah. When you look at this song on the chart, number one on the R and B hip hop chart, um, remains to be seen though, whether it's going to garner the kind of support at radio that it has on demand consumption. You yeah, know, when, when something like, like this, who's going to play this? Like, well, what? I think like, uh, let me, what are the numbers here? Um, the song Broadway Girls, the collab with Little Dirk, came out just before Christmas, ascended the week, uh, this week, to the top of the chart. Unlikely finish in a year in which Morgan Wallen was all but banned from the airways for six months after saying the N-word. The YouTube views, I wish I, I can't find it. Um, I don't know. The, it's 5.3 million, I think, in 10 days, which is quite impressive for, yeah. for a song. Is radio going to embrace it? What do you think? Will Urban Radio know. embrace it? Morgan Wallen? I don't think so. I don't think so. I wonder if like Little Dirk, like how does that collaboration come about? Is he like, this could get me some press? 
you know, recording with, with Morgan Wallen. I really like this song. I don't know. It's just very interesting, like how it all comes about. Little Dirk, Little Dirk. Were you familiar with Little Dirk? Yeah, I know Little Dirk. How, how, what was your first impression of the song? Not, not your, do you like it or not, but like where did you first hear about it, see about it, read about it? I had no clue. I saw it on Spotify. That it was coming. Yeah, I saw it on Spotify, so I just listened to it. And then I saw a lot of people um, posting on social media about about the song and Broadway Girls. A lot of stuff like with Nashville. So I'm like, what is this? And I listened to it. I got to tell you, well, I'm very impressed. But yeah, listen, maybe it's just not my lane. I don't know, you know. I don't think I'm their target market. Little Dirk. I mean, I do love me some rap music, but I mean, I just, I don't know. I just didn't think it was very good. There's a comedian, lives here in Atlanta. His name is Drewski. And he does a Clubhouse hangout. Remember Clubhouse? It's still sort around. It hit, hit quick and went away quick. I had I to get rid of that app because I, I was too. getting the like notifications. notifications every day. Yeah. Like Jenny James is getting ready to start a Clubhouse on. Knitting. Something. Honeybees. Something. What? Yeah. Do you want but to join? No, I don't. Apparently, and then remember when you join, sorry, when you would join accidentally? Like a, a hangout. Like you just hit, like you'd hit a button yeah. accidentally and, and you're the, like, you've entered the room. the room. It's like, oh my God. And you had to oh my speak. God. Welcome. Yeah. What do you have to say? I'm not, I didn't mean to be here. Sorry. Well, then I always thought like if I'm going to the bathroom, am I in the room going to the bathroom? Right. Like, I don't know. Drewski does a hangout on Clubhouse every week. All right. And so we invited Morgan Wallen on the hangout. We're going to hear just a piece of it. The, the beginning is very, very funny because Morgan Wallen clearly had never been part of a Clubhouse hangout before. And they kind of call him out. They being Drewski and his friends. All right. I would imagine most of them are. Uh, comedians like you. <laughs> Morgan, just so you know, unmute himself. I, know I think you got. Yeah. You gotta Morgan don't really know. You know, country dude don't really know how to use technology like that. Uh, uh, Morgan. So there's a microphone down at the bottom right, and when you <laughs> he's just clicking shit. I see him. Mute. There you go. Hey, Morgan. Oh, so I'm. I'm not. Y'all didn't hear nothing I was saying. No, no. not yet. Now you talking the phone. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I understand. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Now, they're about two minutes and 32 seconds into the hour-long clubhouse um, uh, meetup. This, what you're going to hear right now is the only reference at all, and it's a very uh, vague and, and, and out-there reference to Morgan Wallen dropping the N-word. Other than what you're going to hear right here, it uh, wasn't even brought up. And I've tried to piece it together listening here. I, I think that, that Morgan Wallen found out that one of uh, Drewski's co-hosts in this clubhouse hangout, as they're called, must have just gotten his Instagram account suspended. What happened to your Instagram, bub? Uh, I got deleted for bullying, but now I'm back. Who is your bullying? <laughs> Nobody. I was confused about a, a certain ethnic. Uh, All right, let's just skip over that. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should address it. <laughs> Since we, uh, Morgan, listen, getting, this is what happened. Really it was a group of people who are said to be had the first genes of the people, first people on earth, and they oh, no. and they live in like Turkey somewhere. And I was on their live, they no got, they got right, the same exact on. genetics on. as the first people on earth. Well, I, I hope you were nice to them, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was just asking questions, but we we over that. Okay, all right. I'm proud all of you. Right. So tell you us why your Instagram got deleted at one point. Ben, they're going to delete you off here. <laughs> Question. So, Morgan, how do you feel to have the highest-selling album of 2021? That's freaking huge. Swear to God, like, I didn't even know that. Yeah, I yeah, told like, you that before we got on Clubhouse, Drewski. Chasing <laughs> you like a shot of whiskey. <laughs> burning awesome. only now. <laughs> no, I, I feel, um, some, I don't know. It's, it's, it's an honor, you know. I didn't. 
I knew that I was really proud of, of this album before I put it out. It was a long time coming, you know, probably three three years or or, or so of, of songs. You know, after I put out my debut album, I immediately started writing for for this one. So it's been a long time coming, you know, before we put it out. And it's just it's just really cool to see that people, you know, relate to, to what I got to say. It's 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 special to me. I, you know, obviously, never something I'll never forget. That's dope for you. This guy, he beat out Drake. Believe that. I love Keith Keith, Whitley. Keith Whitley is the the most slept on country music singer of all time. In my opinion, he would have been probably the GOAT if he didn't die. I'm I'm, I'm being real. I I agree. He got the best voice ever. All right. That is uh, Atlanta comedian Drewski. Clubhouse Hangout with Morgan Wilder. Only the second time anybody's heard from him since uh, uh, this all happened. That whole thing's a mess. Well, come on. I mean, they're they're smoking blunts. I mean, can you imagine behind? Yeah, behind the scenes. I mean, I think it's like, why wouldn't they talk about the most obvious thing? Because I don't think to them, and I don't think to Drewski and his friends and his co-hosts, it matters. And that's that's the irony, I think, with the fact that Morgan Wallen this week is sitting at number one yeah. on an urban music chart less than a year after he says the N-word in Nashville and is crucified, crucified by country radio, by CMT. By his own. By, yes. His own group of people, so to speak. the irony in this whole thing, I believe. Yeah, here's what I think is also interesting, separate subject that we will not get into right now. But just like the comment at the beginning, like uh, country people don't know how to use technology. Can you imagine if it was said the reverse way? Like, I don't know. Like, Well, country's not a race. I know, but I mean, so just, it's a little well, the stereotype. The ste- but I'm just saying, I, I agree. But just kind of like the stereotypical things. It's interesting how some things can be said. And then some things can be taken. So not the, not, I'm not comparing it to what Morgan said, but I'm just saying in general, like little comments like that. I don't know. It's very interesting. And then this one guy was in trouble for bullying. Well, who was he bullying? He was bullying the, the people in Turkey. The Turkish, apparently. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to look that up and see, okay. see how serious that was. It's just weird. The whole thing's weird. Come to Jesus with Morgan Wallen, the most downloaded episode of the My Second Act podcast from February 6, 2021, and this is how it started. And um, this was the very first thing you heard during that episode. I got $100 on Morgan Wallen, and I would have I would have taken at least my 100 bucks back, right? My investment. Yeah. If, what, I, if I'd taken those, if I'd taken my cash to Vegas and bet on Morgan Wallen on February 6, 2021, I'd be a rich man right now. Our thanks to executive producer Carl Appen. This episode of the My Second Act podcast produced by Preston Thompson. PT, how are you? What'd you think? Morgan Wallen, what's your take on Morgan Wallen being a not, not a huge country fan? We're not familiar as much with country music. I've I've said on the show before, scandals stick if they confirm something people already thought was true. And it has just kind of become clear that I think people don't think Morgan Wallen is a racist. And if he had come out and been super defensive about it. And said, actually, it wasn't a big deal, and nobody just understands. Then it would be a whole lot different. But I think you know he's done a good job, or the people you know around him have done a good job helping him kind of rehab it. And I just don't think people believe he's an actually evil person. PT is also host of the Georgia Politics Podcast and editor of the Letter, which is uh, our component to the podcast. A fun four-minute read delivered to your inbox for free every Saturday morning at nine ten. Production assistance provided by Steve Mitchell and Ingle Studios in Atlanta. New episodes on Tuesday and Thursday of Cadillac Jack, my second act, part of the Appen Podcast Network.
Morgan Wallen is the most downloaded episode of Cadillac Jack, my second act for 2021. We thank you for listening. We thank you for your support. And now we roll highlights from the other nine, the 10 most downloaded episodes of Cadillac Jack, my second act for 2021. Enjoy. And here's to 2022. A lot of times when we are recording the podcast, we just uh, we, we have a conversation that wasn't planned, and that's what happened here. August 12th, 2021, we were talking about Christmas and holiday traditions with the family, and then I noticed in the run of show, the next conversation was about an OnlyFans content creator who was talking about heavenly orgasms, and that's the episode title. Who am I to question your relationship with God? Okay, why are we doing well, this story? In, in in fairness, I did not know that the conversation we had prior to this story was about Christmas and Jesus and family traditions uh-huh. and things like that. So we're going to shift now to an OnlyFans content creator. You just have to find a way to get something dirty again, into every podcast. I, you I do. didn't know that these were going to bump up against one it, But it doesn't matter. You have to get something dirty into every podcast. There's nothing more fulfilling or satisfying than when you experience God's love. True? Everyone in the studio, true? Yes. When you experience God's love, let me continue. For you while pleasuring your partner. Okay. Please stop. Like, I'm at the point where I'm about ready to walk out. I've just had it with this stuff. I mean, what are we to do with the story? Should we just start over? But what, I mean, what is the I just purpose? thought it was interesting that this woman says she has heavenly orgasms because God is with she and her um, husband, I believe, in, right. in the bedroom. All right. Okay. Um, should we break? And- no, it's just, why? Why? In this episode from August 19th, 2021, top 10 for this episode, we had uh, just been to the Floribama for the first time in Orange Beach, Alabama. We'd just gotten back, and uh, they had just filmed the video for John Party's song, Tequila, Little Time With You. Episode title is Bushwhackers, Floaters, and the Climax in Act 3. That was the first time you had ever had a bushwhacker. All right, yes. It's like a Wendy's Frosty, but here's my favorite part of it. When she came up, she goes, do you want a floater? And you're like, what is that? Uh, yes, I'll take that. I, I didn't care. You didn't even know what it was. It's 1.30 in the afternoon, Orange Beach, Alabama, in the middle of a pandemic. It just I'm going to have me a floater. I drove to North Carolina to surprise my mom for Mother's Day weekend. On the way back, I got a second speeding ticket in three weeks. But I thought, you know what? I'm going to wait until we're in the studio recording the podcast until I tell Donna so that she can't yell at me, right? A top 10 episode posted May 11th. Title, I Can't Drive 55, What's That Smell? A hybrid of two classic rock and roll songs. Why can't you drive like a normal person? I was. So when he came up to you and you rolled down to it, did he say, hey, dumbass, did you not see me? And think you might want to slow down as opposed to speeding up when you saw me? No, he said, what's that smell? (laughs) All right. Let's move on. Let's just move on. That is a... You know what? I hope your attorney can help you with that. Hans Appen was producing the podcast that day. That's Hans in the background laughing. We both got each other. Uh, We were both just tickled about the whole thing. Imagine Easter Sunday. You're gathered around the table for Easter dinner... With your entire family, got the in-laws in town, your parents are in town, and you have decided to project your camera roll, all of your pictures on your smartphone, to the 60-inch TV in the den, so that while you're having Easter dinner, everybody can enjoy your pictures scrolling through from, from 2021 of vacations, maybe a baptism, college or high school graduation, or a picture of your side piece. Check your settings. Check yourself. The episode title from Tuesday, April 6th. 
How about this? Other. How about everybody Other. just live their life on the up and up, and then you don't have to worry okay. about what damn photos scroll up? Bunch of shady people. You shouldn't have to clean your camera roll to show your grandparents what your kids look like because Helen's going to pop up in the middle of it's ridiculous. Or a tutor. Check your settings. Check your settings. Always check your settings so that does not happen. Check yourself. How about that? And that is a true story. Friends of ours that live just around the corner uh, that are no longer married. Can you pass the Easter ham? Here you go, Mama. It's honey baked. Um, Steve, whose tits are on the TV? We never have to travel for work. Donna had one work trip. This year to South Georgia, a, a team-building weekend, and you'd have thought that I was incapable of being a dad. August 24th, Top 10 for 2021, episode title, I'm a big fan of waiting for the stink. What the, what the hell is that about? And then I'm like, please, give the dogs water. You remember we have three cats. You could not tell me enough. I'm keeping everybody alive. Everything's going fine. I would assume that that was happening. You're the dad. Ten times a day, a text. From Everybody's you? still going no, here. No, no, the, going the, where? The, What's going the on? Texts were coming from you. Saying, Is there? Did you get everyone up for school? No, we slept in. We we're, we're not going to school today. We're fine up here in Atlanta. Calm down. Donna loves her George Bulldogs. She's a graduate, and for years, even cheered for the dogs inside Sanford Stadium. Do we still have the fire that we need? How loud can you bark? How how vicious can you bite? Get out on that field and lay it all out there. And for God's sake, win the damn game. Bump. Go dogs! Anytime there is a big bulldog milestone, she threatens to go out and flip cars using her flipping gloves. December 2nd, top 10 episode titled, When Have You Ever Gotten Lumber? So if we can beat old Nick Saban, I'm flipping every car within a 10-mile radius. You better get back. I got my flipping gloves. A couple people ask, like, what what constitutes a flipping glove? It's got to have some grip on it, but you don't want your fingers exposed because you could hit, like, a hot muffler or something. It's like the same gloves that you use, like, if you're getting lumber or something like that. So you get up under there and you flip that car. When, when have you ever gotten lumber? I've had to go to home. Logs, Donna. I've had to get get them in a box (laughs) that have been prepackaged and ready to burn. Of course, she flips cars with her flipping gloves. We celebrate our wins and learn from our losses. We're very transparent about our struggles. If you went into the pandemic sparring with alcohol and addiction or your mental well-being, your mental state, chances are during the pandemic you struggled even more. Episode title. Surviving sobriety during a pandemic. Top 10 from June 22nd. You can go to rehab as many times as you want to go. As many times as you are sent or as many times as you are mandated by your company to go to rehab. It's not going to work unless you truly want it to work. You personally. You can go all day and you can smoke cigarettes and you can sit around in a circle and tell your story. It's not going to work unless you truly want it to work you need to do sobriety the way oh i'm oh, sorry about that is that your sober my mother. <laughs> any kind of addiction it, it kind of hides in the shadows it's one thing like if you're out turning them up every night and your friends can say and even the bartender can say dude you need to you know they have the ability to slow you down and that type of thing but if you're just having alcohol delivered you're kind of on your own devices alcohol also has to be such a challenging addiction because hey, listen, we're in Atlanta. You could go somewhere in Atlanta and, and buy alcohol 24 hours a day. I would imagine, right? If you're a heroin addict, you can't just go a half mile down the road and, and get you whatever heroin comes as a, whatever a sack full of black tar heroin at the corner market. I just can't imagine 
having that accessibility to your addiction all the time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Well, and it's also kind of green lighted because think about it. I mean, like you, you can't go and sit down at like a restaurant and order, order heroin. Oh. I have a speed ball and some fried mozzarella. This summer, like so many moms and dads, we took the kids to McDonald's to, to go through the drive through and yell what you had to yell at the drive through speaker to get the Travis Scott meal. You know, McDonald's had the celebrity collaborations. And that is what led to this conversation. McNugget me now. May 25th, 2021. Every one of them should have some kind of buzzword where when you like pull up to the drive-thru, you're like, nugget me now. You know what I mean? Like there's something that like you say, they're like, okay, that's a McSweetie. Or like if you said, you know, you know what I want, that's a Travis Scott. If it's Garth Brooks meal, you come through and you're like, the thunder's rolling. And they're like, pull out, pull out that one. You know, like they, they know how to do like the order based on what you what yell. What orders you bark? Luke Combs is a McRib man. Well, that could be good. Big old burly bearded guy, Timberlands and some flannel. I don't imagine anybody would want one through the drive-thru. They've got to be really messy. Depends on the proportion of sauce. bun to salt. The sauce, very important. So a do you say of, like lightly sauce? Like you're, You don't order McRib and, and give any kind of special instructions. Okay. Yeah. It's a very manly just, order. You're like, just cook yeah. it. You get what you get. Do Onions. they hand you like a whole bolt of like napkins? Do like, here to? you go. They need to. Yeah. <laughs> Can you toast my bun? No. When we close behind the dumpster, yes. Donna and I had three kids. Two daughters. Olivia is 18. Charlotte is 15. The Gabby Petito story uh, shook us like it did so many families. I thought that Donna as a mother, as a daughter, as a sister, as an aunt, brought some very powerful and uh, graceful thoughts to the podcast about Gabby. Top 10 episode from October 8th, 2021. I want to live in blissful ignorance. Remembering Gabby Petito. The most dangerous thing in a person's life is to not have boundaries or to feel bad about putting up boundaries because we're so damn afraid that if we push back, we're going to lose our jobs or something's going to happen. And so we're always modeling that behavior down to our kids. And, and I just think in this case, there was something going on when I, I could hardly watch that, that footage from the, the camera from the park ranger that Gabby was very upset. And she was talking about, you know, almost in coded language, I'm, I'm very OCD. He got mad. I was cleaning. It was taking too long. It's like, wait a minute. And I just think there were all these moments along the way where God or people or someone tried to intervene and it just didn't happen for whatever reason. And I think as a society, we have to be okay with when we see things reporting it. And maybe being wrong. And that's okay. I don't want to do a, an honorable mention, especially with this particular clip. All right, whatever. Episode from October 17th, 2021. We had, uh, let's just say we had, uh, we were out to eat hibachi with the kids. I can't believe we're sharing this again. So you had had. A, I wasn't feeling well. You had and had hibachi a, didn't help. No. Let's leave it at that. Okay. <laughs> I had to excuse myself from the hibachi grill and go to the restroom. And call me from the stall. Donna. Because you needed assistance. <laughs> Charlotte said, where's daddy? So I picked up the phone and I'm getting ready to call and I look down and there's a call coming in from you from the bathroom. I say, right. and I always, I'm like, hello, can I help you? And you're like, actually, you can. Yes, please, quickly. Yes. I'm next. <laughs> All right. And I often go commando. And I had this particular night. And I thought that it was going. Out of a do you mean to tell the story? Please. Can I hear the story? Yes. All right. I thought <laughs> that it was going to be some wind. 
as we're sitting at the hibachi grill. This particular time, though, turns out it wasn't just air. And I had an accident at the hibachi grill in my pants, in my jeans. <laughs> Y'all wanted to go get Brewster's ice cream afterwards, which is two exits north of where we were. And I said, Donna, I shit my pants. If you don't mind, let's go home. Cadillac Jack.